And so we want to welcome everyone that is here, and then we want to also welcome those that are listening by podcast. And so today we want to finish up our series on the power of environments, part two. The power of environments, part two. And so, you know, we were over in Genesis chapter 13. We started over in verse one, and we, we kind of went over in 12 to kind of give us some context as to uh, how did we get to where we were, where God had spoke to Abraham and told him to get away from his kindred and get away from his kinfolk and said, hey, we want you to go to a land that I promised you. And he told me he'd be a father of many nations. And he spoke to him even when, they were, when his wife was barren. And so sometimes God will speak to you in some times when you don't even think that what he's saying is possible to do. God will speak the impossible to you. When it seems like all hope and everything else is gone, God will be the main one speaking to you, telling you something that sounds real crazy, but it's really right in line with what he's ordained for you. And so we looked and we talked about what the environment was. An environment was the circumstance, objects, or conditions by which one is surrounded. And so last week I talked about Greenwood before we started. And, and as I was preparing for uh, this, this last portion of the message, I thought about this um, uh, Mark Twain. Um, he, had a, he wrote a story called The Prince and the Pauper, but um, some of y'all might not get into that, but, but I know you probably can remember this. In, in 1983, uh, there was an American comedy film uh, starring Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy, and it was called Trading Places. And it tells about a story about an upper-class commodities broker and this street hustler, how they became unknowingly a part of this bet. And the bet was that I guarantee you if I put this street hustler in the area or the environment of the commodities broker, they would be just as successful and they would be just like that commodities broker. And if I took that commodities broker and I put him in a street kind of environment, then he would be the same way as it turned out. And so the more of the story was, eventually they got together and all of them came up. But one thing that I noticed from this, the, the person who was the street hustler, when he went to a better environment and an environment conducive, he thrived. Even though he had some different issues and everything else, he thrived. But watch this, the one who had been in a good environment for a long time, when they went to a bad environment, guess what? Even though he was in the environment, his mindset, he kept saying, I don't belong here. I hope y'all hear what I'm saying. So, so there's some power in the, in, in the environment that you're in. So it's critical for us to make sure that we provide environments for our children so that if for some reason they get into another environment, they can say, you know what? I don't belong here. And so here it is. That's why it's so powerful for environments, even as grown folks. It's, empower, it's, it's, it's important for us to be in the right place. Don't just take a job because it's a job. Yeah. 
Well, Pastor, I got to eat. Well, then you figure it out. But if you got to take it temporarily, don't let that be your permanent place. Because you, if you're not careful and if you're not strong enough, you will become a product of that environment. So if I'm going to become a product of the environment, I want to be in a productive environment. I want to be in a godly environment. I want to be in an environment that's going to add and not take away. Have y'all never seen some friends or someone, they get married and they were one way, but then they got with the wrong spouse. And so now they going places and doing stuff where they have become a product of their life. So over in verse 8, it reads, Then Abram said to Lot, because now remember, one through seven, they had left and they've got all these different herds and they got all this different stuff. And it's to the point where they're like, hey man, we got too much stuff to share all these resources. So we got to, we're gonna have to just, Abraham said, we, we're just gonna have to, you know, do something about this. And, and so in verse eight, he says, and then Abram said to Lot, because remember I told you Lot was the one really along for the ride. Because God didn't speak to Lot, he spoke to Abraham. That's why sometimes it's careful to be, you need to be careful of the folks that you take with you when God tells you to go somewhere. You can't take everybody with you. And so Abraham said to Lot, let there be no strife between you and me, and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for my, we are kinsmen. Oh, let me just stop right there. Kinfolk, that means kinfolk ought not be fine. I'll not be fighting, but why is it that we fight more than we'll fight the devil? It is not the whole land before you. Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go right. If you take the right hand, then I will go left. So Abraham said, whatever you choose. And whatever you choose, then I will take the other. Here's key number one. Or Revelation note number one. Communication can shift the spirit of the environment. Amen. Communication can shift the spirit, the 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 in the spirit of the environment. So here's the thing. Remember, I, I read the scripture about death and life is in the power of the tongue. And so you, when you start to communicate, when you start to articulate, it can shift the environment. Have you ever been in a place where they've been at work or you've been at, at home with family members or whatever, and then you, you start to communicate in a certain way and it shifts yeah. the environment, whether it be good yeah. or bad. Yeah. You can control the environment. Be the thermostat and not the thermometer. You control the temperature of the environment. So here it is. He, he communicates with him. And watch this. He communicates very clearly too. He says, if you do this, then I will do this. And if you do this, then I will do this. He's, he's clear about where they are. So now watch this. Now, He's willing to give up anything Abraham is. And watch this. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw the Jordan Valley was well watered 
and everywhere like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zor. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other. Here's Revelation note number two. Environments that have a look of prosperity can be deceiving. Environments that have a look of prosperity. Yeah, a look of prosperity can be deceiving. Because sometimes people look like they prosper, but they're really not. And so everything that looks good, well, as the as the as the season saint said, everything that glitter ain't no. And so it's amazing that Lot chooses this because if you look in your message notes, you got Sodom, Gomorrah, uh, Adma, uh, Zibion, and Bela. All those were the cities of the plain. They were considered the five cities of the plain. And what they was, they were situated around the Jordan River. So of course, you know, for the most part, then it's, it was really almost kind of compared to the Garden of Eden. In other words, it was just so rich it was just so rich that, you know what, everything was just flowing through there. You could grow everything, you had constant water, the temperature, all of that stuff was right there before them. And so he basically chose the best. Now, Zor was a part of that, but it was the only city that was spared. So we always talk about Sodom and Gomorrah, but guess what? The mother three cities were destroyed too. Be careful of who you hook up with. You can get destroyed just by being associated with them. Because the Bible didn't talk about all these other cities. They only talk about Sodom and Gomorrah being the one that was so, so you know, so evil. But, but still, all of them. So here's another, here's another point. Make sure you don't uphold what somebody's doing wrong. Don't go along just to get along. So, he, he, in verse 12, So Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley and moved the tent as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were weak, wicked and great sinners against the Lord. Now, what's so familiar about Canaan is because Abraham had already been there before. It was a place of worship. Here's note number three. Trusting and worshiping God will cause you to be placed in the right environment. Trusting and worshiping God will cause you to be in the right environment. You heard what I said? I said trusting and worshiping. So it's just more, you got to be more than just in faith. You got to worship also. And what I mean by worship, you know, we think about the word worship. In other words, you got to really know the worth and the value of God. Because if you don't know the value of him, then you can't trust him. I'm going to say it again. If you don't know the value of him, then you can't trust him. I'm going to use a sports analogy, and I hope you can get this. I, I would much rather, I would much rather have one person take the last shot than the next. 
Why? Because I trust and I value them. I feel like they got more work. Okay, let me see if I can make it a little bit more plain. You know, the NBA kind of shifted them a little bit this summer. And isn't it amazing that they'll trade away three firsts and four and 15 draft picks for one person? Why? Because they feel like this person, their worth and their value is more than all them other folks. And they will put more trust in that person being able to get them to their desired goal than the other. I want to get to a point that when I'm with somebody, I can trust you. And so I don't care what we go and what we do, I'm good with you. I don't want to be around somebody where I got to guess and figure out if we're going. Last time I checked, God is undefeated. He never lost. He ain't even been behind. God ain't never trailed in the game. So why would you want to get with him than to get with somebody who really ain't even in the game? Can I give you a little hint? The devil really ain't even in the game. He got put out. So everything he does is illegal. Well, what you mean? Okay, so all of us have played dodgeball before. And so, you know, you standing in the line, and then when, when they throw it, if you get hit by the ball, then guess what? You get out, and you'll know you can no longer participate. So that's what happened to Beelzebub. He got put out, but yet he's still trying to insert himself in the game. But because he's illegal, guess what? We don't even look. And, and guess what? For him, he, 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 it's almost like when somebody got put out, and then they get in, the folks say, oh, you can't get in here. Then you know what they say? If, if, you, if you refuse to get out, they just say, look, they'll move the game over here, or they'll move it over there, or, or they just they act like he ain't even there. So if we will start not paying attention, more attention to God and the people in the game, as opposed to the folks who are disqualified, being the devil himself, then we won't have to worry about it. Amen. Now I got all the way over there just talking about trusting and worshiping will cause you to be placed in the right environment. So watch this now, watch this, in verse number four. Oh, well, watch this though. Now Canaan, here it is now. Lot goes over to Sodom and Gomorrah and all those, that area. And then Abraham, he takes Canaan. And so it's considered the lowlands. And it really comes from the Hebrew word kin, which means to be low, humble, and subjugated. Now you say, well, what does that mean? Subjugated means, glad you asked, to be brought under subjection, under control, under dominion. And so Abram was in this mode of, I'm going to be under control. As opposed to lock those to a place where they're out of control. In control, out of control. Watch this, verse 14. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot has separated him, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see, 
I will give to you and to your offspring forever. Now, isn't that, isn't that strange? I'm going to read that again because I don't think y'all saw that. Northward, he told me to look at guys. Look from the place where you are. Look northward, southward, eastward, and westward. That's every direction, right? That's every direction. But mind you, Lot had already took one direction, eastward. But he told me he would give him all of that. What's the moral story? Sometimes if you just just stay with God and just do what he's told you to do, then he'll give you everything. Amen. Here it is. Lot was choosing one thing, but God was the one, the one really doing the choosing. And so Abraham just did exactly what God told him to do, and he didn't give him all of it. So what you mean, Pastor? So a lot of times we be so worried about what our co-workers, what our friends, our relatives, and all that kind of stuff, all the stuff that they got. But God said, if you just do what I tell you to do, I'm going to give you that and some more. Amen. That's why we have to teach our children, don't be worried about what your friends got. Amen. Because if you do what God has told you to do, and then if they hence, if you do what we tell you to do, you're going to have that and some more. So here it is. It, 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 you know, let me, let me just go and give you this note. God will sanitize and sanctify environments that he ordained for you. He will sanitize and sanctify environments that he ordained for you. So here it is. Now he said he's going to separate Abraham. He's going to separate him. He's going to sanctify and sanitize that area. And so the area that life's going to is just as dirty, corrupt, and everything else. So if, if, if you're in the snap down middle of God, God is not going to send you to an environment that's all dirty, corrupt, and everything else. If you go to a place and it's like that, he's going to either give you some specific instructions to help clean it, yes. or he's going to be like, you're in the wrong place. Come back when I get this thing ready for you. Sometimes we get in a place too early. Some of us have gone some places that we really weren't supposed to be there and we needed a little bit more time but we were in such a hurry God just let you go there. And so then you got to struggle through some things until it gets to the point where it is. Watch this. God said to Abram let not after light had separated from him look up your eyes and he shows him all these different places. He had already sanctified that place. He's already set it apart for Abraham. Already sanitized. Well, when you say, where you get sanitized from, Pastor? Well, if he's going to give him the area where Lot was, too, he got to sanitize that area. And he does do it by fire and brimstone. Watch verse 16. And I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth. So that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring can also be counted. Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give to you. So, 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 for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent, came and settled by the oaks of Aaron, and which are at Hebron, and they he and there he built an altar for the Lord. Here's note number five. 
moves to and from different environments should be on the divine providence. Moves to and from different environments should be on the divine providence. God should be giving you direction in terms of where you go and where you stay. I'm going to leave you with this note. These three elements of divine influence because I think you need to know this. Number one is a divine connection. That's a relationship or relationships orchestrated by God for your good. I submit to you that Lot was in a divine connection with Abraham. If it weren't for Abraham, Lot would have been destroyed. First of all, Lot wouldn't have had the stuff he had. Second of all, Lot wouldn't have been able to leave and go to the next place where all of the folks, you know, where everybody else, where they left, they were in a family. He, were, he rose with Abraham, and so now they're in a place that has more than enough. Then he goes to another place. And then, guess what? Uh, they get into it. I don't have time to go into it, but you can read it yourself. Then Lot gets into it, and Abraham had to go down there and fight for him to make sure that he was able to protect him. And then at the end, God still intervenes for him. So divine connection. The second element of divine influence is divine timing. So if you see in your message notes, you have the chronos, and you've heard me talk about this, the chronos and the kairos. So you have this chronos, which is this chronological sequential time. And there will be some people that will teach it and say, well, Chronos uh, is not God's time, but I submit to you that every time is God's time. Because God was the one that created time. I ain't got time to go there, but if you go over to Genesis, when he hangs the stars, the moon, the sun, all that kind of stuff, God has just now created time. So he created chronological time. But then also there's a Kairos. There's this proper or opportune time for action. And you see that also. God likes to, he likes to operate in that chaos. He likes for us to operate in the chaos. We get so caught up in the chronological and the sequential time, the chronos, but we should really be operating in the chaos. Can I do both? Yes, I can do both. I can operate in the chronos while I'm waiting on the chaos. I'm going to say that again. I can operate in the chronos, the chronological sequential time. In other words, I'm, I'm going to work or I'm praying or I'm believing God for something in this, this month, this week. And I continue to just believe God until that time. But then in the chaos, when it happens, you'll know that it's time and it's time for you to do what it is. So what do you mean, Pastor? So I'm going to continue to work my job until God tells me to open up my business. I'm in the chronological, then when the chaos comes, then I act. It's an opportune time to do that. The problem is sometimes we get out of order. So divine timing. And if you notice, Abram, at the right time, he said, me and Lot, we're going to have to separate. He could have he separated from Lot before or he could have waited much longer. But at the right time when he saw divine time. And then the last influence 
is divine providence. God's intervention in the order of the universe. So even though God is not lawless and he just didn't insert himself just in and out, there are some times that God will intervene in the universe on your behalf. So what you mean? Where that accident that you should have had or you had and you should be gone. Divine providence comes in and says, hey, I have to intervene on this because I need them here for this time. Or I have a particular mission for them. And so I've already ordained this since the beginning of the world. So now I have to come in and insert myself to make sure that I interrupt the universe to make sure that that happens. Ooh, man, that's heavy there. And so how many times has divine providence played a part in your life where God intervened on your behalf to make sure that you can get to where it is that you were supposed to get to? And if that's the case, if God will now, to a certain extent, break his rule of Inter interrupting the universe if he would do that then we ought to owe him enough to make sure that we do what it is that he's called us to do when we get there you know how it is when you get past the accident Lord you know what if you just let me get out of this then I, I, I promise you I'll do whatever you tell me to do Lord if you do this I promise you I'll do this why is it we always got the promise we always promise in the Lord, if he does this, then we'll do this. If I knew what I know now when I was young, I said, Lord, I'm going to do this, and then whatever you decide to do, yeah. I'm good with it. Amen. See how much quicker he would have moved, knowing that I was moving regardless of whatever he did. Yeah. But we like to put uh, contingencies or... or some kind of um, circumstances attached to whatever it is that we do with him. But divine providence is the intervention in the order of the universe. And that's what God does. And we see it at the end. If you go over to 14, 15, when he gets ready to destroy Simon and Gomorrah, once again, because he got that divine connection, Abraham is praying for all. Why do you think that we pray for folks every Sunday? Why? Because we never know who or how they're praying. Sometimes when you're in a situation, you can't pray. Not like you're not supposed to, but let's just keep it real. Sometimes when you're in a place, you just can't pray. I don't know if you've ever been so sick that you can't even really lift up your head. Now, I'm not talking about praying, but somebody else can pray for you. Or if you're involved in a stronghold, you're in a situation, you can't even see it, but somebody else can pray until you can get to a point to get out. And here it is. Even Abel is still praying for life. He ain't going to rescue when the folks wanted to take him over. And then even at the end, God saves life when he destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, I tell you what. And Lot even praying. So my Lord, don't destroy. He said, well, if you can find X amount, you can take them with you. <laughs> he couldn't find nobody in that place. But his family. And then the wife at the end, 
And if she turns around and trips out, don't be a trip. <laughs> Amen. If he says do it, do it. And we have to recognize, and you say, well, Pastor, why do you spend so much time? Because we have to recognize when the divine providence of God is in our life. And when we recognize that, how much better he can be. But guess what? Abraham stayed in his place. Lot went to his place. And you saw the difference in the power of the environment. Whatever you do, make sure you understand and know, even these young folks, understand and know the power of the environment. To me, there's a specific difference in this sanctuary and the other. Just be in the eye. Amen. Well, come on. I'm way out of time. Give God a hand clap of praise. Let us pray. Father, we thank you now for an opportunity to share and break the bread of life with you. God, we thank you now that we understand and recognize the power of environments. And so, God, now we position ourselves to be exactly where it is that you called us to be. We know that you have ordained our steps. Therefore, we'll walk in where you've ordained. We won't turn from the left or to the right, but we'll make sure that we keep our eyes specifically on you and we'll walk in the way that you have had us to go. Now, Father, we bless you now for everyone under the sound of our voice that they will now make a clear decision to be in the right environment. And with that, they will move on to higher heights and deeper depths and move on to what God has called them to do. In Jesus' name, amen.